if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is, and a good morning to you. Thanks for being with us as we get rolling at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the twentieth morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord twenty twenty. Coming up in about a half an hour, Congressman Jim Jordan will be joining us for his regular Monday chat. Yeah, you heard me. In a half an hour, he's uh, busy later this morning, so he has to move up from his normal 948 time slot to 935. So he'll be with us at 935. Don't be late. If you normally tune in for Jim Jordan at 948, make sure you are with us. Well, just stay here because he'll be on with us right after the bottom of the hour news. And we've got a lot to discuss with Congressman Jordan. He is our only guest scheduled this morning. That I can confirm. There's another that is up in the air at the moment. I will let you know whether we will have someone in the second hour or whether it will be your opportunity at 216-901-0945 for the entire hour. 216-901-0945 is that opportunity to get in whenever you wish. Also, 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers will get you here to the program. I'm going to hold off on promoting social media for a while. As you know, I have been doing. If I have something specific to tell you about there, then I will let you know that. So, the COVID-19 testing numbers continue to rise. The infections continue to rise, or at least the number of positive cases continue to rise. And so do suspicions of flat-out fraud. If you have not yet been paying attention to this, you need to start. Uh, This is one example. Do not think of it as a one-off. Do not think of it as an outlier. Do not think of it as just an anecdote. This is just the latest And one of the most prominent examples of how we are being lied to about the true threat of the coronavirus, both in terms of its spread and in terms of its mortality rate, its lethality, if you will. This story comes to us from where else? Florida, Orange County to be precise. An individual who was killed in a fatal motorcycle crash was listed as a COVID-19 death. The truth about the death was brought to light by uh, Fox 35 in Orange County, Florida. They asked the health officer there, Dr. Raul Pino, whether the two individuals in their 20s who were listed as coronavirus deaths had any underlying conditions. The first one didn't have any underlying conditions, Pino said. He died in a motorcycle accident. 
Pena then question, was questioned, questioned on whether or not the data from the individual who passed away in the motorcycle crash had been removed from the system. To which Pino said, I don't think so. I have to double check. And an odd continuation, Pino then went on to insist that one could argue that COVID-19 may have caused the individual to crash. The doctor stated, we were arguing, discussing, or trying to argue with the state. Not because of the numbers. It's 100. It doesn't make any difference if it's 99. But the fact that the individual didn't die from COVID-19 died in the crash. But you could actually argue that it could have been the COVID-19 that caused him to crash. I don't know the conclusion of that one. According to Fox 35 News, there are still two people in their 20s on Orange County's data list for coronavirus deaths. In an effort to clarify how a COVID-19 death is counted, a statement was then sent to Fox 35 News from the Florida Department of Health that read, in part, a COVID death was determined if COVID-19 is listed as the immediate or underlying cause of death or listed as one of the significant conditions contributing to the death or if there is a confirmed COVID-19 infection from a lab test and the cause of death doesn't meet exclusion criteria like trauma, suicide, homicide, overdose, motor vehicle accidents, Etc. The only thing I can say to people is the data I provide you with is the data we consume from the state. Pino concluded, we offer you the best data that we have. You understand that? We can make a justifiable argument, they say, that maybe COVID-19 caused him to crash his motorcycle. Yeah, right, maybe he just couldn't breathe. And maybe he had a coughing fit underneath one of those fear masks that they're, they're forced to wear. And maybe that coughing fit or maybe sneezing inside of that mask caused him to lose control of his motorcycle and he crashed. So therefore, COVID-19 killed him. My friends, I'm, I'm getting to the point, honestly, where I'm running out of, 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 of words. Um, I just can't. The I don't care, I mean, if he has cancer and he dies in a motorcycle crash, are they still going to list cancer as the cause of death? Or is it going to be the motorcycle crash? If he has AIDS when he crashes, are they going to list AIDS the cause of death? They only do this with COVID-19. They only do this with the Chinese coronavirus. Call it what it is. You're here for political correctness, you're in the wrong place. It's the Chinese coronavirus. Call this what it is and call these lies about the spread and about the, and about the de- uh, 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 death count and the mortality rate. Call them what they are as well. If they're willing to list a motorcycle crash as a COVID death, because who knows, it may have contributed to his crash, then you know that all of it is trash. All of it. Not some of it. What are they saying? We have just over 4 million uh, COVID infections, or at least COVID-positive tests, cases, if you will, in this country, and around 130,000 deaths. Every one of them, let me say this again, so you can hear it in the cheap seats, every last one of them has to be considered questionable, has to be considered at least um, uh, controversial, 
Because if they're willing to do it, and we all know this, I have played for you audio on this program from doctors admitting that they are instructed by their state boards of health to list the cause of death from anybody in their care who may have been exposed to COVID, even if there was not a positive COVID test. If they've been exposed to it, a family member has been exposed to it. Hell, six degrees of separation. If there's any COVID connection at all to somebody who dies in your care, you mark it as a COVID death. We have seen doctors admit that patients in their, in their hospice care, hospice care, that means they are going to die. They are just being kept comfortable, as comfortable as possible in their last days on this or weeks on this earth. They're in hospice care. Then they find out that one of their visitors, a family member, had tested positive for COVID. And then they're saying, well, clearly, that person must have passed the COVID on to the hospice patient. And if the hospice, when the hospice patient dies, we list it as a COVID death. Somebody was killed by the coronavirus. Never mind the fact that they were already about to die. We have seen these cases time and again, maybe not as egregious as the motorcycle crash, because this one is just, you know, it's confirmation of one of the hypotheticals that people like me and other reasonable, you know, common sensible people have said that if somebody dies in a car crash, they're going to bring him in and call it a COVID test. We've joked about that. Well, now it's not a joke. It's a reality. Okay, it's a motorcycle, not a car. I don't know if they got hit by a car, but it's a motorcycle. And the person died. And they brought him in and said, well, it's a COVID death. We can't prove that COVID didn't cause the crash. So therefore, it's a COVID death. Why do they do this? Two reasons. It's two reasons, two different motivations. Number one, from the hospital. The hospitals were hemorrhaging money. For three months, they had no patients. Why? Because everybody who needed elective procedures or, or treatments were told not to schedule those. You have to put those off because all of the hospital resources, the beds, the equipment, the staff, the, the frontline responders, if you will, all of them needed to be all, all hands on deck for the massive crush of COVID patients that were going to be just jamming up every hospital since this past March. Problem is, it didn't happen. Because very, very few people who weren't already in nursing facilities and thus getting medical care, very few people got sick enough to come to the hospital. So hospitals were, you know, sat empty. We all know the story, and I'm sorry for being repetitive, but it's important that you know this because of what it means today. The hospital sat empty. They didn't have COVID patients. They didn't have regular patients seeking regular treatment because they were, patients were told not to. And they had to reschedule things. And so the hospitals had to lay off millions of staffers, millions of healthcare professionals. Millions of them, because they were hemorrhaging money. So finally, COVID starts to, do, to wane a little bit. People start going back to the hospitals for their regular treatments. But they're still in a huge hole, these hospitals are. So they bring as many regular patient treatment or regular treatment patients in as possible, give them all tests, and if they test positive, say, ha, we're treating a COVID patient. Yeah, we might be treating them for a knee replacement, or we might be treating this person for her pregnancy, but she's in the hospital and we tested positive for COVID or assumed 
COVID connections, and so they write down COVID patient in the hospital. They get $13,000 per patient, 39000 if they got to put them on a vent, and 39000 if they die in their care. So the hospitals are trying to close the gap, the, the, the profit gap, uh, that it, that you know expanded during this uh, during this period of no hospitalizations for either elected procedures or treatments or COVID. Now they got to make up that money, so that's their motivation. The other motivation is from big government control freaks, and whether they're Democrats or Republican is irrelevant. I mean, more and more people are starting to open their eyes and recognize the reality. That masks and lockdowns are not safety precautions. Masks and lockdowns are population control, social control. If we can make 330 million people all wear this useless piece of cloth in front of their face, which may, by the way, be more damaging to the health of the wearer than it is protective of the health of the wearer or somebody else. Not just making it completely neutral, but perhaps more damaging than anything else. If we can make 330 million people do that by convincing them this is in the, it's all in the, the public's best interest. It's all for the common good. If we can make them wear this thing, Wear that that badge of shame across their face, that chain across their mouth. Then we can make them do anything. And we can make them submit to the next vaccination that we say is for the common good. It's for the public's best interest. And the next implant of this or the next, you know, whatever the case might be. And if you think just, ah, that can never happen here. There's nobody that wants to control the population and control society here. That's only in those other countries. That's only in the Russias and the North Koreas and the Venezuelas and the Cubas and the uh, uh, Chinas of the world. We're free here. Yeah, so were they until they weren't. So there's dual motivations. Big government control freaks and hospitals trying to profit and make up for the lack of profits that they had. But the bottom line is we see example after example after example. Proof positive that the numbers we're getting from the government, the numbers you're getting from Mike Nospine, the the, the, uh, numbers that you're getting from John Husted, the numbers that you're getting from, you know, not just the state of Ohio, but others, cannot be trusted. They were lying to you before. They're lying to you now. The only difference is they've changed their lies and asked you to believe them anyway. 921. Bob France Authority, right back after this. Okay, 926. The Bob France Authority. Do not buy it. Do not believe it. Do not believe any of it. By the way, President Trump, as part of his wide-ranging interview with Chris Wallace yesterday, said no national mask mandate is coming. He said he thinks masks are fine, but he says people should have their own choice. And if governors want to make mandates, that's up to them. But he will not do it on the national level. So you know what? Thank goodness for small mercies. Sometimes you just take what you can get. Governor DeWine, of course, is probably going to step up and make it mandatory for the state of Ohio, and we will continue to defy him as we have the county executives and cities that have, been, have put these things in place as well.
And, of course, the 19 counties that DeWine, by virtue of his little coloring book, has determined uh, has to be under mask mandates as well. But he's probably going to put the entire state there. It is pointless. It is useless. The surge is a fraud. The surge of cases is a fraud. There is no surge of deaths. The surge of hospitalizations is a joke as well. Do not buy it. We continue to see example after example after example of it. Jan is in Greater Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jan. Hi. You know, uh, this is white-collar crime. We need we need some doctors and hospital administrators and whoever has put this in place to go to jail because uh, this country can't afford uh, criminals in white coats, and that's what they are. This doctor, I'm not going to say his name, but, uh, you know, the one you just mentioned, that is an outrage. They, You know, if you have to go to jail for it, for stealing and shoplifting, uh, you, you should go to jail for ripping off the public. This is disgraceful and disgusting. Thank you. Thank you, Jan. I appreciate it. Let me, since you mentioned a doctor, let me tell you another doctor. I'm going to talk about Dr. Fauci for just one second here. If you did not hear what Dr. Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease expert, the nation's leading epidemiologist, Dr. Fauci, the man that can do no wrong, That's the narrative we get, right? And by the way, the president shares as much blame for this guy as anybody else. This isn't even just the left because he's on the president and vice president's coronavirus task force team, and he's the one that everybody listens to, right? Dr. Fauci on Sunday declared that the model, the model state to look at for how to deal with the Chinese coronavirus is New York. Let me say that again. Dr. Fauci said the model is New York. New York did it right. It should be noted that New York has more deaths than any other state in the country. It should be noted that Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, sentenced thousands of senior citizens, you know, the population that's the most vulnerable due to their age, their health, and their congregant life setting, sentenced thousands of seniors to death by putting positive COVID patients or COVID patients who tested positive into New York's nursing homes. Everyone knows this. It's been a news story for weeks. And yesterday, Dr. Anthony Fauci went on live television and declared New York is doing it right. That's the model we should all follow. If anything, if anything justified getting rid of this guy from the coronavirus task force, and telling him to ride off into the sunset. He's in his 80s, for crying out loud. He's been doing this for a very long time. Maybe he's just tired. I don't know. But for this guy to declare that New York is doing it right, and that's the model everybody should follow, should disqualify him from having anything else to say about the Chinese coronavirus and how we deal with it. All right, we're going to get a timeout now here at the bottom of the hour for news. I'm going to ask that question of Congressman Jim Jordan, along with many others that are very important to you here in the state of Ohio and because they affect us across the country as well. Jordan, next on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 935, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. And as it is a Monday, you know what that means. It's Jim Jordan Day. He joins us each and every Monday at 948 for an update from Capitol Hill on all things of importance to Ohioans, and particularly his 4th Congressional District as well. Uh, but we bumped him up a few minutes. He's got an, uh, a little bit of a, a schedule conflict later, so he's kind enough to join us now. Congressman, good to have you back on the program. How are you this morning? 
Oh, apologies. It looks like we don't have you. Hey, man. There. Let's do that now. There you are. Sorry about that, Congressman. Go ahead, sir. I, I was saying every day is Bob France Day. <laughs> well, I try to, <laughs> I try to make it so, for, for better or worse. <laughs> uh, Bob France good. Day, the fighting prince. No, no, the, what, the fighting princes from Heidelberg. Every student, day the the student prince princes. Day, student princes. I always say yes. that wrong. I was, yeah, student princes. i got to remember student princes. Student princes from Heidelberg. Bob France, Hall of Famer, football player with <laughs> who else did I see when I was down there? When I was at uh oh there was some other one that was on the wall, famous, famous. Well John John Butchergrass might be one of them. He's an ESPN guy. Uh he's, yeah. he's also a Heidelberg graduate from the uh, broadcast uh, uh from the communications and broadcast uh school. So yeah, uh maybe that's who you saw. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Congressman, we got a lot of work to do today. Let's dive right. right into this. Uh, a, sure. lot of it, a lot of it is on the streets. I want to talk to you about this defunding the police um, movement. Uh, it is gaining strength, sadly and unfortunately. We're seeing it in, in various locations all across the country. And, you know, President Trump was asked this yesterday by Chris Wallace in the Fox News Sunday interview. I'm sure you saw it. And I'm sure everybody else saw mm-hmm. it. President Trump stopped the interview because he said that Joe Biden wanted to defund the police, and Chris Wallace tried to fact-check him and said, no, he didn't. And yeah. President Trump said, I'm going to get you proof. Let's stop this right now. It's, of course, gone viral. Uh, what isn't viral, though, is the fact that Chris Wallace was indeed wrong. This was a Candy Crowley moment, if you will, uh, from the uh, yeah. presidential debates with yeah. uh, with Mitt Romney. Uh, Chris Wallace was wrong, and uh, it took about two seconds to find Joe Biden's statements in which he said, absolutely, police should be uh, defunded, or at least to an extent have those funds moved from police to other sources, which is the same, or other uh, yeah. resources. That is the same thing yeah. as defunding the police. So I, I want people to know, first of all, the President Trump was right, but most importantly, that a Biden administration will indeed follow through on that. How dangerous would that be for everybody in your district and no, beyond? No. no, everyone knows how dangerous it is. All I can do is look at what's happening important every single night for this past several weeks. So if people, you know, Americans are smart people. Americans have common sense. Americans see it. The only ones who don't see it are the crazy left and, and the politicians who appease the left like Joe Biden's doing you got all kinds of Democrats that say, well, we, we're not really for defunding the police, but they won't condemn what's going on. They won't condemn the movement to take money away from the police department and give it elsewhere, or they won't condemn what took place in Minneapolis, which is a full vote to abolish the department. At the same time, Bob, those, many, many of those members of the city council of Minneapolis who, who voted to abolish the police department also have protection themselves, they are, and they're using taxpayer dollars to pay for the protection that they get. But no, 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 their constituents aren't going to get police protection at all. Yeah, and, and what's really important here, too, the discussion between the president and Chris Wallace, you know, the president specifically referenced the unity platform put together by Biden, the Biden's team mm-hmm. and, and Bernie Sanders' team, and they adopted a whole lot of the Bernie Sanders language because they're trying to pull in those Sanders voters who sure. don't like the idea uh, that Biden is going to be their guy. And among those was indeed uh, red- redirecting funds from police sources but it, it, uh, to uh, other sources. But it also talked about all police. It talked about abolishing ICE. It talked about taking funds away from the federal police departments as well, which is, you know, what, what ICE is. Yep. So the, the idea that we would re- retain any sense of law and order in a potential Biden administration, um, I, I mean, it's just insane. And I think every voter needs to know this very clearly. That's why I can't wait for debates if they're yep. ever going to happen. Well, they better happen. And uh, uh, I think it, I think it'll be clear to the American people when, when they do. But I think it's also clear. Now, look. 
this Congress off by saying uh, abolish ICE. Then they said, no, no, the Democrats in Congress said, no, we need to get rid of the entire Department of Homeland Security. And then it became defund the police. And now defund the police turns into actually abolish police departments. So they know, we know where these people are going. And I think the vice president said it well in a speech uh, a week ago. It, this election is about can America stay America? Uh, who, who, who can who can keep the principles and the values that made us the greatest nation in history, Joe Biden or President Trump? And if you just ask that simple question, you obviously come down on the side of President Trump. And, and, and the good things he's done in the three and a half years, the leadership he's provided, um, people see, I think, can see that sort of fundamental divide between the parties today and how important it is that President Trump get reelected. Congressman, I'm, I'm worried. Um, you know, even if the police aren't quote-unquote defunded, nobody's going to want to be a cop anymore. I got a headline in front of me from last night. Seattle rioters damage loot stores to arrest yep. 12 cops that. injured. We saw a few I days ago the chief of police in New York City, as well as some of his top lieutenants, were beaten by, um, uh, by thugs who were quote-unquote protesters, who then, after being arrested, were set free with no bail. That that's why you see the police uh, retirements up four hundred percent. Who is in this job? And then, and then, who in the heck in the world is going to ever want to uh, apply to get into a police academy and take on this job as a rookie? No, you're you're right, and I say this all the time. We have to remember, bad guys aren't stupid; they're just bad. And if they now know that there are no consequences for their terrible actions, for them attacking police, for them rioting, looting, stealing. Uh, do, uh, destructing, uh, uh, de- destroying property. If they now know that, then what's to stop them? So, and you can see why police say, "Wait, we go through all the hard work of arresting criminals, arresting criminals, and then the system just lets them back out." What? What the heck? So you can see why there's this this at uh, this discouragement for for and, and unwillingness to become an officer now, and why so many officers are retiring. So this has got to change. Um, but right now, the message from the the Leaders of the Democrat Party, uh, Democrat mayors and Democrat governors around the country is that this is all fine. But And, and what I find interesting, Bob, is at the same time they're sending that message, it's okay to riot, loot, do all this stuff that they're doing. But meanwhile, you, we don't want to open schools. You can protest. You can do all this terrible thing. We're not, we're not going to open schools. You can protest and do all this stuff. We're not going to open churches. You can protest and do all this stuff. We're not going to open your business so you can go to your, your, your job. We're not going to let you go to a loved one's funeral. But you can do all this. That is the message, I think, that is so scary that is happening in our country today. Very, very good point. We're talking to Congressman Jim Jordan. Congressman, uh, one of your best friends in Congress and co-founder of yours uh, of the Freedom Caucus, Mark Meadows, is now, of course, the White House Chief of Staff. I want to play a clip real quick and get your response to this. Well, uh, I think the American people expect indictments. I know I expect indictments based on the evidence I've seen. Uh, Lindsey Graham did a good job in getting that out. We know that they not only knew that there wasn't a case, but they continue to investigate and spy, and yes, I used the word spy on on Trump uh, campaign officials and actually even doing things uh, when this president was uh, was sworn in and after that and doing it in an inappropriate manner. You're going to see a couple of other documents come out in the coming days that will suggest that not only was the campaign spied on, but the FBI did not act appropriately as they were investigating. It's all starting to come unravel uh, to unravel. And I tell you, it's time that people go to jail and people are indicted. You have said this for a long time. It's time for people to go to jail. He says it's coming. He said more documents are coming perhaps this week in the coming days. Uh, can you yep. can you give us any more information on what we just heard from Mark Meadows? No, but I, that's encouraging. Uh, and look, uh, let's hope John Durham's investigation is completed uh, ASAP. Uh, and let's hope people are held accountable. 
And I hope Mark is right, because I do think there are folks in the Obama administration, in the Obama-Biden administration. Remember, Joe Biden also unmasked Michael Flynn's name. Joe Biden also suggested they use the Logan Act to go after Michael Flynn. We now have the notes from Peter Strzok from that meeting in the Oval Office on January 5th. So let's hope they hold people accountable like Comey, like Clapper, like Brennan, like Strzok, Page, McCabe, all those people who were involved in this. And that's what that's what this country is about equal treatment under the law it's about justice so let's make sure that that happens so i hope that's what what, what we're going to find out remember in in eight days uh the attorney general of the united states will be in front of our committee and i'm sure he's going to get questions along the lines that mr Meadows raised there speaking of um those who would uh um try to those who did try to investigate and of course to try to impeach president trump um, Adam Schiff has said we're not done when he's done. If he loses in November or whenever it is he's gone, the investigations will continue. We will expose him and make him pay for what he's done. What on, what, what on earth is, is possessing these people? We call it we call it Trump derangement syndrome. It's beyond that. I don't know what to say about it. But Congressman Jordan, you know Schiff and Nadler. They continue to to try and again to try to undo an election that is, you know, we're three months away from the successor to that election for crying out loud. They're still yeah. trying to unring that bell. Well, remember, Bob, they just filed articles of impeachment against Bill Barr two and a half weeks ago. So we we know where these guys want to go. So so I think President Trump's going to win. So when he wins the election in November, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna move ahead with impeachment on Bill Barr. Because Bill Barr, he's the last thing in their way. Remember, they had this whole thing, the whole cover-up that they undertook after they lost the election, after, after the American people elected Donald Trump president, 63 million of us, they said, wow, we've got to cover this up. And Bill Barr is their last obstacle. If they can get rid of him, they can maybe keep it all covered up. So they, they filed articles. So they're never going to quit. And that's the scary thing about these folks. They are never going to stop. We just have to keep bringing the truth out. And keep and keep defending the people who are who are who are doing the right thing, like President Trump. Congressman, I'm going to ask you about the COVID-19 latest and uh, masking. Uh, it seems like the only person that liberals don't want to have to wear a mask is General Flynn. The only one they are interested in unmasking. Uh, tell me, tell me your <laughs> thoughts on. Yes. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on this. The president said he will not make a nationwide mandate, but obviously many governors are doing it statewide. It's believed that Mike DeWine is going to do that in our state uh, this week. Uh, what is your take on this? Should Americans be forced to wear, healthy people be forced to wear common these Common uh, sense. Co- Bob, common sense. Like, Americans have common sense. Ohioans have common sense. For goodness sake, if you're in really tight quarters and you want to wear a mask, wear the mask. That makes sense. But but you're out running in the middle of the country uh, in, in Champaign County, you're out, you're out working out. Like it's just common sense that makes sense here, but that's not how the left operates. That's not, that's not how the cancel culture mob operates for them. It's do it our way or, or that's the only way you can do it. And, and, and the scary thing is that comes to speech. Think about, we've talked about this on your show, the, the, the mob, if right now with, with the way the mob looks at things, there is really no first amendment right now. It's, it's, it, 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 only one side's allowed to talk, and if only one side's allowed to speak, there's no First Amendment. So, so the, 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 we've we've got to have common sense here. We've got to have the First Amendment actually work for everyone. Um, that that's that's how we should handle this. It shouldn't be a mandate. It should be common sense. The CDC says if all Americans, 330 million of us, wear masks for three to four weeks, the entire thing will will go away. Uh, this is what they're trying to say now. This is the same CDC, by the way, who just a couple of months ago said, no, there's no need for anybody to wear masks. They're only for frontline workers who are going to be exposed. potentially." To the how, many, 
Go ahead. How many times have they told us something that turned out not to be true? Well, look, like I said, I think masks mask can be effective, and, and, and when you're in, 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 in tight quarters with lots of people, certainly certainly that that's appropriate, and that's what Americans are doing as we speak, and I think we should continue to do that. I don't think there should be a mandate. I saw where Dr. Fauci uh, last week praised New York. Think about this. Praised New York in their response to the coronavirus. Governor Cuomo, Bob, for 46 straight days sent COVID-positive people back into nursing homes. And Dr. Fauci's out saying New York did a great job. They have more deaths in New York than any other state. And, right. and Dr. Fauci's out saying they did a great job. That's the example we're going to use. And these are the, these are the experts telling us, come on. I com- completely agree with that, Congressman, and I was just discussing it before you came on what Fauci said about New York, but the, the, the problem that I have here, and we have to own this, is he is on the White House Coronavirus Task Force. Why isn't he being removed from the Coronavirus uh, Task Force? I mean, literally, you're right. They have 30, 34,000 deaths, I think, in and 400,000 infections in New York. What you just said about their handling of the nursing homes is exactly correct, and Dr. Fauci said they did it correctly this is the model other states should follow i don't understand how he's still on the job yeah well only four other states thank goodness followed the model of sending covid positive people back in the nursing home the rest of the country 45 states says no we're not doing something that stupid that dangerous could you imagine if a republican governor did that could you oh. imagine if a republican governor for one day not just 46 but for one day sent covid positive people into their back in the nursing home could you imagine what the mainstream press would say but yeah, somehow we we got Dr. Fauci saying, "Oh, that that we're going to hold this uh, New York up as the example of how you're supposed to operate." Give me a break. Yeah, it is uh, it is very disturbing. Last thing before you go, Congressman, uh, when I want to ask you about the return of sports, uh, baseball is supposed to start on Thursday. Uh, the NBA at the end of the month is supposed to return in their bubble format down in Orlando with Black Lives Matter painted across the floor and social justice names on the backs of their jerseys. Uh, found out that people who wanted to get free Hong Kong put on the back of their jerseys were denied. People who wanted to put kill. I'm not talking about players now. I'm talking about people who are ordering jerseys. Yep. From the NBA I know. Store. I know. I heard Officially the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if somebody wants to put kill cops on the back of their jersey, that was a okay. Should Americans be embracing these professional sports leagues when they are sending such dangerous messages? Well, I think you're going to see a lot of Americans watch baseball. Maybe not as many watch the NBA based on uh, based on that. I mean, that's that's my read. Um, and I think you're going to see uh, if if the NFL does what I think. What, what what people expect when the national anthem is played. I think you're going to see a lot less people watch the NFL. What people really want is they want college football back. Yeah. They want people to go to school, and we want college sports back. Because I know in the college games, you don't see anyone kneeling for the national anthem. So uh, we want we want college sports back, for goodness sake. Um, I'd love to make there to be a football season. I want there to be a Big Ten wrestling season. For, so let's hope college sports come back. But I think you're going to see a lot less interest in, in, in some of these professional sports based on the political statements they're trying to make. Yeah, and it's not just political statements. They're social statements, and they carry a lot of weight, and they and they have impacts, I think, in our communities. When people see their heroes that they put on their posters on their walls making the kind of dangerous statements that they're making, uh, I think it's uh, potentially dangerous for, uh, yeah, for our communities. Yeah, it is, and it, but I think it's also going to turn a lot of people off. I think you're going to see a lot less people watch these, uh, uh, these, these, these sports leagues where they're doing just, just what you described. Um, I don't think it's happening in baseball. I think you're going to see people watch baseball games. 
Well, I'm one of them. I'm one of them who's going to be turning it off. Yep. I can promise you that if they keep yep. this up. So hopefully you're right, and more people will send that message. Congressman Jim Jordan, thank you for the uh, early time. That you bet. Thank I you, appreciate Bob. that, sir. Thank you so much. All right, Take that's care. Jim Jordan, AM 1420, The Answer, with his regular Monday visit. A little bit early. If you just turned the radio on, you didn't get a chance to hear much of that. You can do so on our podcast page. It'll be up uh, shortly, right after the uh, first hour ends. It'll be loaded at whkradio.com. Quick time out, come back with some phone calls, and we do have one guest in the 10 o'clock hour. I'll tell you who that is and what we'll be talking about coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM, it's the Bob France Authority. Asked uh, Congressman Jordan about the masking situation, and you heard his response. It is uh, it is ridiculous to try to force people to do these things, especially healthy people, especially since the powers that be at the CDC, at the WHO, on the White House Task Force, they've all been all over the map. Yes, you should wear a mask. No, you shouldn't wear a mask. Yes, you should only wear this mask, but not that mask, because cloth masks are use- useless, and they can make it more dangerous. Then, no, wear the cloth masks, because even though they might be more dangerous for you, uh, they may stop some of the spittle from coming out of your mouth and hitting somebody else. Uh, they've been all over the place on this. So the mask debate continues. And it's one thing for it to be a debate. It's another thing for the mask debate to turn into a mask fight, a violent one. But it did, again. And why is it, does it seem to be, that the ones who turn violent and overly aggressive are the mask wearers who try to shame those who like to go mask-free and breathe in the free, clean air? Why, is, why are they the ones that are always the ones starting the fights? Like Elizabeth Mock, a 45-year-old wretch of a human being who approached a 50-year-old man in Lake County, Illinois, after he removed his face covering while leaving a Costco store there. This happened back on June 16th, but the sheriff's office didn't announce this until recently. The 50-year-old man was taking his face mask off as he left the store. But Elizabeth Mock didn't like that because he wasn't all the way out of the store yet. So she slammed her shopping cart into the 50-year-old man, screaming at him to put his mask back on because he hadn't fully exited the store yet. It sounds like he had his receipt checked, he's on his way out, and she comes in and she rams her cart into him. That was only part one of the assault. Part two of the assault came in full 2020 freakout mode as she screamed at him, I am a school teacher. (laughs) Can you imagine having this thing as your teacher? And I have COVID-19, she said, before taking her mask off and spitting in the man's face. She left the store but was later identified by police who arrested her. The idea that one of these nut jobs would scream at a guy for taking his mask off as he exited a store is bad enough. The idea that she would physically assault him with her shopping cart is even worse than that. But the idea that she would then, upset with him for taking his mask off, intentionally remove her mask in order to spit her saliva into his face 
is just beyond the pale. Now he is going to have to have a test. Otherwise, he's probably going to have to self-quarantine because she screamed that she has COVID-19. Now, at this point, we know that she was arrested and charged with battery and disorderly conduct. But here's what I say. Jam that swab up her nose until it touches the back of her eyeball. Find out if she was telling the truth about being COVID-19 positive. And if she is, charge her with assault with a deadly weapon. Her spit would then become the deadly weapon by her own acknowledgement. But isn't it funny how it always seems that whenever these confrontations happen, it's never the mask-free person screaming in the face of somebody who's wearing one and calling them a sheep and calling them all kinds of names. It's always the mask-wearers that are trying to attack the people who believe in the First Amendment and the right to express themselves freely without having a chain of shame across their face. Your phone calls after the news on AM 1420, The Answer.